Y'all have asked for it. We're going to do a Rookie of the Year candidate for every major league team. Today, the American League. Let's get after it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And because they won the World Series, the American League is the first of the two. We're going to talk about Rookie of the Year candidates for every single team. Let's start in the American League East. Without knowing what Aaron Judge is going to do, it's hard to know how the Yankees season is going to go next year. But we know that they have a good Rookie of the Year candidate in shortstop Anthony Volpe. He's a top 10 prospect in all of baseball, number one in the system. And he became the first minor leaguer since 1995 to have 20 home runs and 50 steals in a single season. He batted 249, 342, 460 between AA and AAA at age 21. So stands five, you know, 5'11", 180, but first rounder in 2019, absolutely has both the offensive skill and the defensive skill to play in New York at a high level. And I think, again, depending on what happens uh, with Aaron Judge and where they have to move guys around, Oswaldo Cabrera played a lot of outfield last year when he was up. You have Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe. Uh, Volpe profiles as somebody who is going to get a chance to compete for the starting shortstop job out of spring training. And if he gets it, I mean, I think that Anthony Volpe is a 280 average hitter with 25 to 30 home run. Like, that's the potential here. Very instinctual player defensively. Arm is solid. Is he the best defender in the system? No, Peraza's probably better than him. But in New York, more so than anybody else, I think you can understand taking the guy that's the better offensive fit and putting him at short versus maybe the best pure defender, provided that he gets up sometime in the first month or so. And again, I think he's going to contend for the job out of spring training. And if he has a strong spring training, he may relegate Isaiah Kiner-Falefa to a to second base or to a backup role. Uh, for the Boston Red Sox, a guy we saw a little bit of in September, but first baseman Tristan Cassis. Uh, hit five home runs in the month, had about 27 games. Batting average wasn't great, 197, but 2018 first rounder out of high school and somebody who we've kind of had penciled in as uh, the first baseman of the future for the Red Sox now for a few seasons. Six foot four, 250, so large frame to go along with that. Power is probably 65 or 70 grade. Uh, could absolutely mash. And we know that, that Boston got terrible performances from their first baseman last year. And so not only can you get somebody who uh, controls the strike zone extremely well, Uh, can hit the ball to all fields, and has power everywhere. I mean, I'm thinking 35 home run potential is where Tristan Cassis can be, but he's also somebody who defensively is going to be able to handle the hot corner, 
He doesn't run well, but you don't necessarily need that at first base. And has good a good mental makeup and has good aptitude to handle the pressures of playing first base in Boston and everything that that entails. Being the, the most prominent power hitter on the team since the days of David Ortiz. So, Tristan Cass is for the Red Sox. The Orioles, this one kind of feels like a slam dunk. This should be very obvious to anybody. Gunnar Henderson. Played shortstop, played third base last year. Uh, was Some people had him as prospect of the year or, or hitter of the year last year. Went from double-A to triple-A to the bigs. Got 34 games in, so still has rookie eligibility. He will be in the starting lineup on day one. He will break spring training as either the starting shortstop or the starting third baseman, depending on what uh, the the Orioles want to do with Jorge Mateo. But either way, Gunder Henderson, for being as young as he is, uh, he he hits, he hits for power, he plays good defense, he's very perceptive on the base pass as far as the ability to steal, taking extra bases on hits. And obviously you have that deeper left field now in Baltimore where he can put a ball in the corner and run for a while. So. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, if I had to handicap the race right now in the American League, I probably would have him as one of the favorites simply because we know that he's going to break spring training with the team. And we've already seen what he's done over 34 games at the big leagues. So it's not, there's not as much projection there as you would think there would be with an Anthony Volpe, with a Tristan Casas, things like that. For the Tampa Bay Rays, There's a lot of options here. You always have a ton of prospects that could get called up and make an impact on the race. But my thought process is it's probably down to starting pitcher Taj Bradley and infielder Curtis Mead. Bradley is, I think, going to be a very, very good pitcher. I still still think there's some merit to the proposal with the Kansas City Royals of sitting Vinny Pascantino or getting Vinny Pascantino for Taj Bradley just straight up. But of the two... We know that voters prefer the everyday player over pitchers. It's, so, it's just harder for pitchers to get Rookie of the Year unless they're absolutely dominant. And so, Curtis Mead. Uh, career 306 hitter in the minors. The power has been developing, getting better and better every year. Uh, the hardest thing is going to be, where is he going to play? Tampa Bay is known for prioritizing defense. He's played some third. He's played some second. He's played a little bit of first. I think they'll find a way to get his bat in the lineup. Uh, for, we've talked about needing power at first base for a while for the Rays. And Kyle Manzardo's not quite ready to come up. And so there's gonna there's obviously some, some runway there to figure out who's going to be your first baseman, uh, who's going to hit for power there in Tampa Bay. And I think Curtis Mead has a chance to fill that role. So for the Tampa Bay Rays, give me Curtis Mead. The Blue Jays one was kind of tough. Because you're looking at the top prospects, right? And Gabriel Moreno, obviously one of the best catchers in baseball, one of the top 10 prospects in all of baseball. But you have Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk there already. And so for a catcher to get Rookie of the Year votes, like look at Adley Rutschman. They have to be up almost the entire year and they have to be the primary guy. And it's going to take either multiple injuries or a significant injury and a trade for Gabriel Moreno to be the guy. Ricky Tiedemann's still a little bit too low in the system. I just barely spent some time at double-A. Don't quite think he's the guy. So, uh, Josver Zuloida is who I think of all of the Blue Jays' prospects 
has the best chance of getting Rookie of the Year votes. He would have, you know, from what I've heard, being 24, he would have been up last year had he been healthy. He had some shoulder issues. He had a knee issue. But it's something where he's got a a fastball that I would put as a 70-grade pitch to go along with that. He's got a plus slider. And and we'll just back up that fastball for a second. This thing sits 97-98. He can run it up to 100, 101. Uh, has a ton of run to it to the arm side. So uh, it absolutely messes with a lefty. And and to go along with it, when you get the slider, the slider tunnels with it very well, but the slider is a horizontal breaking slider. So he's throwing the fastball up in the zone. It's running in on you if you're a lefty. And then to counter that, you've got the slider that starts up and in and drops about a foot below. So you have that, combine that with an above average changeup, and then a curveball, which is, I'd say, probably average to go along with average control. And provided that he's able to throw enough innings, which is a question. Over uh, over 2022, I mean, he has about 50, he had about 55 innings in 2022. So there's, there is a question there of what kind of impact can he make in 2023. Uh, but we saw him in low A, in high A, in double A, and in triple A. So it feels like they are comfortable with where he is as far as his development. And he is a candidate to start the season off and maybe they do something to manage his innings mid-year. But uh, of all of the top prospects in the system, really feels like Yosefer Zuloida is the guy to spend the most time in the majors and have a chance to make an impact. In just a minute, I want to get to the American League Central. Quite a few tough calls here. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. Uh, if you've thought about securing your home with home security, uh, but you've been putting it off, you'll want to listen up because right now our listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe, Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. Biggest offer of the year. You don't want to miss it because this is the time of year. Thanksgiving is tomorrow. And right after that, we are in the heart of the holiday season. And we know that package thefts off your porch, things like that, all pick up during the holiday. So Simply Safe has their sale now for 50% off. This is the best home security system as named by U.S. News and World Report. Third straight year that they've gotten that award. What's great about this system is when you go to simplysafe.com slash LockedOnMLB, you get to customize and pick your system. The combination of sensors, uh, smart locks, cameras, whatever you might need for your house, your apartment, wherever you're staying. Uh, you install the entire thing yourself. Nobody comes to your house to drill holes into your wall. Everything goes up with command strips. And then if you ever move or change, you can move it with you. You can take it down and move it with you. So uh, in an emergency, Simply Safe has professional monitoring agents that work 24-7 with Fast Protect technology to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I will recommend. I have this. I have had this for about six years. I love Simply Safe. So get get 50% off a new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. Biggest discount of the year. Again, simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay. So for the American League Central, there's a couple, there's a couple tough calls here as far as trying to figure out who's gonna be the guy. For the Guardians, I struggled here a little bit. I was trying to figure out, do we put in an outfielder? 
Catcher Bo Naylor, they have, they have faith in him. He had a terrible 2021. Uh, but despite that, had a good 2022, 263, 392, 496, 21 home runs, 20 steals, around 118 games, actually debuted in October. Uh, now, numbers didn't look great, didn't get a ton of play time, so it's kind of, I think he had like eight at-bats. It's really hard to look at his major league numbers. But defensively, he gives you solid defense, so he has a high floor. And then offensively, He's got a combination of power and speed that you don't typically see from a catcher. He came surprisingly close. The batting average was 263 in the minors, yes. But the on-base was close to that magic 400 number. The slugging was close to that magic 500 number. And so I like making some adjustments and then coming out and playing next to his big brother, Josh, uh, and, and having a good year in Cleveland in 2023 because we know that Cleveland is looking for more from the catching position so since he has the promise he's going to have the opportunity to perform Uh, for the twins this was one where kind of went with Matt Walner the outfielder hit hit 27 home runs in the minors got two more in a late season call-up last year slugging was like 541 Uh, you're gonna have swing and miss issues Uh, he's not the the most amazing contact guy, but he makes enough contact and the power is definitely enough to give him a chance to play every day. Doesn't hurt that his defense isn't bad. He's got an absolute cannon for an arm. So you can stick him into right field and you can watch him, you know, just rack up outfield assists till guys learn to stop running on him. But uh, a full season in Minnesota in that lineup He's going to be one of your better power performers. I mean, he's a he's a 25 home run talent over an entire season at the big league level. And uh, guys, rookies who hit a lot of home runs always get attention in the rookie of the year race. And I, I think Matt Walner provided he's healthy and provided the contact tool is good enough to keep him in the lineup. I think he's going to be able to have a season where he can get rookie of the year votes. Speaking of outfielders, and guys with power as well. Oscar Colas uh, for the White Sox. And he went, he moved from high A to triple A last year, 314, 371, 524. Uh, not a traditional international free agent, defected from Cuba, but he's got very good raw power. He's got very good arm strength as well. And so it's just like there's a logical fit to just stick him right into right field for the White Sox. Not too concerned with. Uh, the potential of of what's going to happen for the White Sox. It's a very young team. We've talked about, a, they've graduated a lot of guys out of the system recently. Oscar Colas is probably the last bit of that wave to come out. Uh, but the other two were where we struggled a little more. So the Kansas City Royals have, have a lot of guys that were promoted last year. I remember seeing lineups at different points of the year last year where you could see seven different guys that were rookies in the lineup. I mean, Michael Massey at second, Vinny Pascantino DH with Nick Prado at first, and Bobby Witt at shortstop or at third base, and MJ Melendez in the outfield. I mean, just all over. And so a little bit tougher to pick this here. Was hesitant to go with one of the uh, with one of the pitchers. I just don't know if a Jackson Kowar is ready and also Lacey's ready. Uh, Nick Nick Prado had too much service time, so he's not going to be rookie eligible. But outfielder Drew Waters has exactly 45 days of service time. 
So he just barely is underneath what you have to have to lose rookie status. Uh, was stuck in AAA for the Braves for a while. He was part of that group of outfielders they had. They had Christian Pache. They had him. Uh, they they promoted Michael Harris and moved those two other guys. So Pache went to Oakland, as we talked about on yesterday's show. And Waters went to Kansas City for a competitive balance pick. Uh, switch hitter plays, plays, can play center field as well as a corner. And would have been the best defensive outfielder in the Braves system if not for the fact that Pache was there. Wasn't having a great year in AAA before he got moved, but one of those kind of classic uh, change of scenery guys. When he gets to Omaha, AAA Omaha, about 31 games, 295, 399, 541. Gets to the bigs, got a, just gets about 109 plate appearances. Uh, so stats are a little bit, little bit small sample size there, but 125 win uh, WRC+. Plus. Uh, speed looked good. Had the, had a strong arm to play both center or right. And so it's a situation, provided that some of the changes that he made there in Omaha and carried with him, provided some of that sticks, that, that offensive piece never really came together for him in Atlanta. Provided a lot of that sticks, he's absolutely a guy that on that Royals team can fill one of those outfield slots they've been trying to fill forever. Michael A. Taylor can play center still. You can put him in right. Uh, ease the the workload on his legs and let him just go out there and, and show off both the power and the arm. Uh, the Tigers are another team that we I really kind of struggled with for this because you have, you promoted Riley Green, you promoted Spencer Torkelson, they use all their eligibility. And so looking at some of the, the top prospects, I ended up dropping pretty far down the list. Lefty Joey Wentz. Had an ERA over three in the bigs last year. Didn't get a ton of time uh, because of some different injuries and things like that. But came back towards the end of the year. Had five starts, one seven three ERA over those five starts. Went to the Arizona Fall League. Didn't get a ton of appearances. Only was got in about three or four games, but uh, did not did not allow a run in the entire Arizona Fall League while he was in those three or four games. So a couple things you have to be worried about. He had Tommy John in 2020, right after they got him from the Braves in the, uh, the, Shane, the Shane Green trade, and then had the shoulder injury this summer. And so he, he hasn't broken 70 innings in about three or four years. So you're going to have some workload issues, but if he's healthy all year, he's going to have enough chances to be a starter, whether it's bullpen first and then starting, like Spencer Strider did, or it's starting first and then bullpen later in the season to kind of ease the workload and the inning count on his arm where he can get rookie of the year votes. In just a minute, I want to get to the American League West. Uh, There is a lot of slam dunk rookie of the year choices here as well as one giant question mark. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting news, info, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, both college and pro. Basketball, both college, men's and women's, and pro. Yeah, there's soccer. Obviously, the World Cup is going on right now. Uh, Esports. You've got it all at betonline.net. And if you are just here for baseball, that's great. You can go in there. They not only have all of the futures up, they also have free agency props. So you can see if Aaron Judge doesn't re-sign with the Yankees, where is he likely to go? 
I believe the top odds getter is the uh, the Giants right now. If Dansby Swanson doesn't re-sign with Atlanta, where is he likely to go? Uh, you can go through and you can see all of those at Bet Online. I'm still waiting on Jimmy to get us some Rookie of the Year odds. Uh, as soon as we have those, we'll definitely be breaking down your best bets as far as if you want to maximize your earning potential trying to pick a Rookie of the Year, here's who you should bet on. But in the meantime, they are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay, so American League West couple of slam dunk choices here and then one giant question mark for the Astros right hand pitcher Hunter Brown gonna be one of the favorites along with Gunnar Henderson next year uh, looked very good in AAA just barely fell short of enough innings to qualify would have led an ERA and strikeouts per nine innings and opponent batting average allowed but Came, was called up to Houston, had one or two starts, and then was in the bullpen for the rest of it. 20 and a third innings, two runs allowed. Was in the bullpen for the postseason. Got in three or four games. Uh, did not allow a run in the postseason. Got a fastball that sits mid to upper 90s, can touch 99. Combines with a power curveball. Uh, he's a guy that's from Michigan, went to Wayne State, 2019 fifth rounder, and modeled his game off of Justin Verlander. And from everything that I've read, everything that I understand, he spent a lot of time picking Verlander's brain this postseason, spending time with him every day, observing him, watching what he did, and learning. And so I look for Hunter Brown to take that jump up in what is already a very impressive rotation, even if Verlander doesn't come back. Uh, Hunter Brown is going to have a good team behind him, a World Series winning team behind him, to provide run support without the pressure of needing to carry the rotation because you've got a Framber Valdez, you've got a Jose Urquidy, you've got a Lance McCullers, you've got all these other guys. So, uh, fantastic situation for Hunter Brown. For the Angels, the guy that I'm really thinking is just kind of a slam dunk to get Rookie of the Year votes uh, is Logan Ohapi. So, they got him in one of the two trades they made with the Phillies. That one was the Brandon Marsh trade at the deadline. Uh, spent a little bit of time in A with the Trash Pandas. And... OPS over 1,100, just absolutely raked. Got a brief cup cup of coffee in the major leagues. Looked pretty good, and the catching situation for the Angels is a little bit in flux. Kurt Suzuki's probably retiring. His contract's expiring, so either way, he won't be back. Max Stassi, because of his contract, is probably still going to be there, but offensively is not necessarily suited to be the everyday catcher. And so you're in a situation where you're more than likely going to see Logan Ohapi as the starting catcher catcher on opening day, breaking spring training, and just like Adley Rutschman this year, will be the primary guy enough where he can earn with some, what we expect from his performance to be, earn Rookie of the Year votes. Uh, Talking about guys that kind of feel like slam dunks for the Mariners, uh, Emerson Hancock is the guy to me. There's a couple different top pitching prospects for the Mariners that have a chance to make an impact next year. Tyler Dollard, He's a guy we've talked about quite a bit on this show, Bryce Miller. And, and Hancock hasn't been the healthiest. He's had, he's had some injury issues. He's had some command issues. But I absolutely think that the changeup, I mean, it's a plus changeup. Fastball and slider are both above average. And he really looked like he was figuring things out last year. And so we saw what George Kirby did. Before that, we saw what Logan Gilbert did. I think Emerson Hancock's going to be the next guy who's going to slot into that rotation and really be impressive. 
And if you think about how like your rotation now and how young they're going to be and how good they're going to be for a team that made the playoffs last year, the, the future looks very good for the Seattle Mariners. And uh, if you could buy stock in the Mariners, which I guess, I, I guess buying stock would be betting on futures at Bet Online, but Seattle feels like a pretty safe team to make a bet on for the future. For the Rangers, slam dunk. Third baseman Josh Young uh, was expected to be the starting third baseman out of spring training this year. Obviously had the shoulder injury, missed most of the season, got up for a little bit of time towards the end of the year, hit five home runs in about just about a month's worth of games. But his career minor league slash line, 311, 381, 538, has the combination of power and contact ability to, to handle the hot corner there in Arlington. And you have a completely locked in infield now with uh, Nate Lowe at first. And then obviously you have your half a billion dollar middle infield with uh, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. And so the pressure's kind of off of him to carry that lineup because you have those three guys as well as all the different outfielders you've cycled through and a bunch of prospects who can fill in utility-wise, whether it's a a Duran, a Carter, Luis Angel Acuna eventually. And so uh, Josh Young's not going to have to carry that offense, but he's going to have protection in the lineup and plenty of opportunities to hit. The tough one for me, if you listen to yesterday's show, is the Oakland A's. They've got a couple guys I think could impact this roster in 2023. I named Ken Wadachuk earlier in the week as a guy who I thought could get Rookie of the Year votes. He's absolutely a threat there. That's the second segment on Monday's show, if you want to go back and hear that. But we talked yesterday with Jason Burke about Lawrence Butler. Big fan of what Lawrence Butler has done. Tyler Soderstrom's a guy who's expected to be moving to first base. And so if you see Seth Brown shipped out with Sean Murphy. That provides an opening for Tyler Soderstrom to get promoted and be the starting first baseman who in an emergency can go back there and catch for you in replacement of Shea Langoliers. And then the A's are really high on Zach Gellif. Infielder, second base, third base. They sent him to double A in his first full season. Hit 316, 372, 458, tore his labrum the non-throwing shoulder, but uh, slowed down his season. He went to the Arizona Fall League, but it it feels like a situation where they're going to put him in the minors. He's going to start off, probably get past the Super 2 deadline, and then come up, and he can play second or he can play third. A little bit of flexibility there in the infield, and they feel like he's pretty pro-ready already. And so a couple different options you can go for Rookie of the Year votes for Oakland. Tomorrow's show, we're going to cover the National League. A uh, couple guys that are slam dunks, like a Matt Mervis or a Corbin Carroll. A couple teams where we had some questions, like the Phillies and the Rockies and even the Braves a bit. Reminder, for the Monday mailbags, if you have questions, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. Mm-hmm.